Welcome to Rock and Roll Fridays, a Welcome podcast and roll on Fridays. musical encounters so and life. We have a guest, very cool guest this week, Michael Beckridge, who is CEO of York Analytical Laboratories, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because that's really important, and we'll we'll get into that. And we're going to talk about some of the projects Michael has going on, and a very very cool music story. So, welcome to Rock and Roll Fridays, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Glad to All be right. talking so, My favorite thing, brother. Yeah, talking music. So, let's start with you're the CEO of an ad- analytical laboratory company which most people would say, wow, that's really boring and it's a really boring industry. But I know you personally that you involve music, entertainment, um, sound into your brand and into your employees. And it's something that is pretty different that I've seen in quote corporate America. What, What kind of made you do that? What are some of the projects that you've combined music and your brand with? And can you talk a little bit about the importance of that for you as a leader and also your employees? So my father started the company 40 years ago. I'm not a chemist. We are the largest environmental laboratory in greater New York City. We have 100 employees and 1,000 clients. And for me, I used to work at Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer and I learned that music was such a relationship builder. So when I got to York, we spent tens of thousands of dollars on Ranger tickets, Yankee tickets, and you go to a game, you spend a ton of money and you don't really get to talk. So I I got rid of all of them and started asking clients, what is their favorite band and taking them to a show. So you take a client to a show and all of a sudden it's the best experience they've ever had. Yeah. I also write a music column, so I have press credentials. So for my bigger clients, I would ask them who's their favorite band when they come into town to try to get backstage passes. So it's a very memorable experience. I also find when you can connect with somebody about music, it's it's a deeper connection. It's a lasting connection, which is what any business wants. At the end of the day, we're a service business. I'm a, I'm a fancy plumbing company with lots of instrumentation heavy regulation and getting to know people is, is crazy important. I mean, we even, I change the whole music every week. I do it from my own computer. Yeah. And just that little thing is a, is a touch point for people. So it's not only with clients, but also my staff, you know, talking music and bringing people out is a great thing. You know, if you ask someone what kind of music they like, you, you kind of know a little bit about them. Um, if, if somebody says, well, what's ever on the radio? I'm like, ah, that guy's got no soul, but right, right. Or, and, or the, I don't really like music. It's like, wow, you have, (laughs) so, you know, and I've come across a couple of those or I don't care about music. Right. So um, that's really cool. Amazing, amazing uniter. So, and, and it's amazing, um, you know, because you're a CEO running a large company lots of pressure, lots of responsibilities, but you've also had the time and did it and started it a long time ago. And I urge everyone to check it out. Thunderbird Ranch Ramble. All right. All right. Is, is a music blog. Talk, talk to us about that. Cause it's really impressive. It's deep and it's great writing. So I started writing about music when I was in college, I went to Villanova. I started the entertainment section as a way 
to get free tapes, cassettes, and CDs and, and tickets. And after school, I kept writing on the side. And um, when the platform came out to write a blog, I transferred it over there. It was a way for me to share my thoughts and, and talk music with people. I lived out in California for a while. So I would write out there, post it, and I would share it with people all over. So I, I've been writing this now for about 20 years. And I basically write three or four stories a month, um, all about music. And it's, um, it, it's become an absolute passion for me. Now, I always thought that I would either play professional baseball or be a professional musician. I didn't do either. But yeah. I have figured out a way to make music part of my life, even though it's not my job. And um, it's, it's insanely satisfying. Yeah. And also, you know, the thing about the perspective when writing, the perspective reading about music um, and learning about music. And, and, you know, when we talked about meeting people and asking what their favorite band is, right? When you hear bands or artists that you don't know about and you discover new things it's such a great experience whether bang, that's bang it forward, or referral or reading something online or you know the the spotify algorithms like just this discovery of music and um you know when people like yourself write about a band and is passionate and is passionate about a band it makes other people want to kind of gravitate and find out what's going on there when when covid hit I lost my outlet to talk music with people because I, I would go to shows all the time. I live near the Capitol Theater. So I'd be at the Cap three, four times a month and I would see people and talk music. COVID happened, all of a sudden I'm in my bubble. It's me and my stack of CDs and my guitar. And so I, I, I created a new project called the Music People Project where I started to have one-on-one -on -one sessions and talk music and record it with people that that I love. It was a way for them to, to also pay it forward and to talk about um, the person that they in, that influenced their music the most. And whether it's an older brother or a friend. Yeah. And you know, it, it just became another labor of love. So I've kind of molded these two projects together. And um, again, it's it's a way for me to stay connected to the music. You know, I, I don't I don't gamble. I don't watch ESPN. <laughs> my is my thing. So yeah. um, it's uh, it, it's been it it's has been the the backbone of my entire life for sure. And the the music people project. I mean, during that COVID, during the time you were interviewing people, I mean, it was probably a lot of therapy for people just to talk about themselves, talk about creative things, to talk about things they love, people they love experiences um and the great thing about it is these are quote normal people but their stories really come out and you know like music like life it's all about storytelling if you can't tell a good story no one really wants to hang out with you so the, the cool thing about the the music people project it's it's about ordinary regular people telling their story yeah and all of these people have a theme. You're either a music person or you're not. And it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't like music, but your soul may, may, may not be as big. Let's just say that. You know? Right, right, right. Um, and, uh, and I've passed this on to my kids as well. My, my, my oldest daughter is a senior at Fairfield, and she runs the radio station. 
and she has become a music fanatic. All of my kids have. So it's like a really nice way to, to connect. Yeah. It's a connector for sure. Um, and as I interview people, I find there's a theme through all of the, all of the interviews. They use different words, but it means the same thing. It's a soundtrack to people's life. It's a way to, to, exp to have expression with good, bad. And it's, um, again, it, it, it's such a connector to people. Yeah. There's definitely some healing magic power in music for sure. And uh, I mean, I've talked about it before. I mean, I've gone to plenty of shows alone and it's a great experience, but when you go with your people and something's going on and you turn to the left and you turn to the right and there's just joy and dancing, right? I, I always, you know, equate live music to dancing, which I think back in the day, there was a spirituality to it. There was a healing power to music, you know, going back forever. And I think those things still exist today. It's just that connection, you know, uh, with people when you go to a show where you're listening Ooh. to the music and, and then to your earlier point about, you know, how, how deep can you go, right? When people are into bands and they're talking about notes or solos or intros or outros and how they form these sounds, it gets, it gets pretty cool. So. I, I, I'm just going back out to live music in the last month I saw Gary Clark Jr., which was insane, Jason Isbell and uh, the Black Crows, all three great shows. I went with friends and clients and it was a, you know, again, a, a, a huge connector to people for sure. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about, you know, obviously the premise of my show is these musical encounters and run-ins and, and you've got a great one. And, and, you know, I always say, tell, you know, uh, educate people who these artists are, right. That I always say to people like, tell your story, but if people don't know who they are, go check them out. You might get turned on to a new sound or go down that chain of like, Oh, that, you know, what I love is, Oh, that guitar player played with that band just for one tour. And that, that those solos were great. Who is that guy? And then you find out he's got his own album going and his own band going, and it kind of just grows, you know, how you find people. So you, um, and uh, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. Is it Jorm and the Fur Peace Ranch? Yorma Kalkinen. Hot tuna, baby. I, I pulled out my hot tuna hat, which Yorma signed on the top. But when I went to college, I got introduced to hot tuna by a harmonica player. Again, I, I never heard of them and I got hooked immediately. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know for quite some time that Yorma was the guitar player in uh, Jefferson Airplane. And he was at Woodstock. He, you know, he, he had been this magical guitar player and he and the bass player, Jack Cassidy, went off and created Hot Tuna. Um, and I have always adored Yorma, his playing, his style, just the feeling that he gave, very, very authentic. And in April of 2014, I had, I fulfilled a dream of mine, which was to go take lessons from him at his house in Ohio. So I sent in a tape, I got accepted, I jumped in my car, I drove, I drove 10 hours, and he had a small group of people, 12 people, come to his ranch, and he would teach you over a four-day period. Oh, so wow. 
Oh, so this, is, this wasn't just one session. This was. Oh, no, this was a four day, three night thing. You stay in his house. His, his wife cooks you breakfast. So um, it was it was a very full day. So you would work with him one on one. You'd work in a group. You, you got you had an opportunity to perform for him and give you some feedback. But the best part of it was at night when you would be able to roam around his property. He actually had like this. Uh, I'll call it like a game room or an entertainment hut in the middle of the farm. And <laughs> it was like filled with windows. And at night I was kind of strolling around and I walked in, it was the only one there. And I started opening up these uh, cardboard boxes and they were filled with photos, his photos and books and memorabilia. And I'm looking through these Polaroid photos of him and the guys from the band and hanging out in Woodstock. And oh, geez. he comes in, he walks in. <laughs> and, you know, I hear him there. He's like, is there anybody in here? I was like, uh, 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 yeah. And he sat down and talked with me for like a half hour. That was so awesome and memorable. Uh, I'm a huge band fan, the band. Yeah. And so I asked him, I said, you know, you used to play with Rick Danko all the time. And, yeah. Um, you know, tell me about the band. He said, well, Garth Hudson is the weirdest motherfucker I've ever seen in my entire life. And he started talking about how odd and unique these guys were. He was, so he just, was the keyboardist, right? He was the keyboardist. And yeah. he does this crazy organ solo at the beginning of my favorite band song called Chess Fever. Um, but yeah. you know, just hearing his stories and connecting was 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 you know was incredible. Was incredible. And I, I told him, you know, when he used to come and he would play at a local bar in Piermont called The Turning Point. I would sneak in. I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And and, uh, and he used to stay in the apartment above the place and walk around the park during the day. I would cut class to go see him. That's awesome. I told him the story. He thought that was great. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a really insane, memorable experience that um, you know, I made happen, making it happen. And I met all sorts of amazing people. My roommate, for example, there uh, flew in from Turkey. He was oh, a wow. classical guitar player that flew in. So it was a, a really, really unique experience. I wrote a story about it, about his ranch is called the Fur Peace Ranch on my uh, Thunderbird Ranch blog, which um, kind of details it, you know, which um, it was a great way to share this thing for sure. Sound like it was a, a guitar boot camp with uh, a legendary uh, teacher, you know? Absolutely. He actually gave me a guitar strap, which I have right here, this really cool looking guitar strap, which um, I, uh, you know, I use every day. So, That's awesome. Yeah. And this hat is a hat that I used to wear in college. People would say, what's tuna? I'd say, yeah, oh, yeah. You know? How did, did, did I mean, his teaching did you did you pick up nuggets over those four days and then probably not not only from him but from the other he had, four, he had four other instructors help him and i picked up a ton and what was cool is they would give you videos and like a book of everything you learned so it, it took me three years to kind of grasp everything i learned over those couple of days for sure yeah yeah how long have you been playing guitar since i'm eight you know, since I'm a little kid, been playing at open mic nights. And, and you know, when, when, when I got to college, being a freshman with a band was the best way to get in, get into the ball. Yeah, into yeah, the yeah, yeah. Totally. And, yeah, and I still play all the time. But again, it's it's a passion. 
I don't do it for anybody else. I don't do it for, I do it for myself. And it's a great, great connector for sure. So Mike, how can people find these great websites? Where can you direct them to? Because the goal is to share music, right? I mean, that's, it's share the community and get more people involved in learning about hot tuna now, right? Like, cause I, I mean, I have the joy of talking to people. So now I'm going to be on a hot tuna street for the next couple of days, right? Like, I'll give you a couple of songs that are a good entry point for sure. Yeah. I'm a bigger fan of their electric hard rock stuff than the acoustic. But um, actually this week on my hold music at York Analytical is Yorma's Water Song. That's our song. But um, next week we we change to Dr. John's Frosty the Snowman. By the way. Nice. So there, it's great that a company changes their hold music. So that it shows how dedicated you are to uh, the sound. Absolutely. So, so what are the, give, give the uh, URLs to the audience here for Thunderbird Ranch, the Thunderbird Ranch Ramble and Music People Project. So ThunderbirdRanchRamble.com. You can plug that into Google. It'll come up. And MusicPeopleProject.com. Just plug them into Google. They're, they're, they come up. Um, I, uh, I have a lot of followers. I don't track the stuff. I'm, and it's just been, um, it's become a labor of love. The Music People Project is going to culminate over the next year. I've got 22 interviews done. The goal is to get to 50. And I have a friend of mine that's going to make a documentary movie of it. And we're going to submit it to all the film festivals, not with the goal of making a nickel, but to have a music party at all of these cool festivals. Okay. And that gets interviewed gets invited. That's awesome. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure and I want everyone to check out the websites and thanks for being on Rock and Roll Fridays. Peace. Thank you.